All right, well, here we go. We're going to jump into our series called Branded. We are now in week two, and we're talking about how work, we're talking about work and how many times work can feel like it's been branded on us, like it's this for life, like whatever it is, uh, it's been imprinted on you, your journey, you know, whatever that, that you're, the trajectory that you're headed on, like that is it for you. And many times because of how work is, how it is in your life right now, it just feels many times, especially when it's difficult or challenging, that this is the way it's always going to be. And it feels like it's branded. And so in this series, we are redeeming, we are redeeming the story of work. And we're going to find a way to, to brand it differently. It is branded on you in a completely different way. And so just real quick, what we talked about last week, and I encourage if you missed it, you can go back and catch it on our podcast. It's, it's posted up on our website as well. But work was given to us by God when the world was perfect. When the, everything was perfect, like work existed. God gave it to us. But then, you know, we had the fall. Everything was broken. We sinned. We turned away from God. And that's when God gave us toil along with work. And like a loving father disciplining his child, he gave us toil. And it is purposeful as well. It's helping us along in our, in, in our brokenness that we have. But then we also add our brokenness um, to work. And, and the way that we interpersonal relationships impact things makes it so much worse. And so how do you engage life in these when it's like this? Well, that's what this series is about. And so we talked last week about this key verse that, if you allow it, can really change how you go about and approach your work. And so here it is. It's from Colossians 3.17. It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. In tough jobs, in horrible, toxic situations, Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And give thanks. This begins to change our focus and how we view and how we work through challenging circumstances and even good circumstances. Paul, in writing this to the church, gives us a new, different point of view. In fact, he was writing to a church full of, of all kinds of different backgrounds. And in the Roman world, when he wrote this to his church in Colossae, they had slaves in their church, and they had masters, owners of slaves. And the Roman world was just very complex and, and messed up. And, and so how do you engage? How do you write to people to talk to them about how do you engage work when it's bad, when you're a slave? Well, here's what he says. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It's like if you thought your situation was challenging, well, he didn't tell them to change their circumstance. He changed how they engaged their circumstance. And this is huge. It's key for all of us. Paul's like, I can't change your circumstance. But we can change how we engage it. And this is what we're learning to do in this series. And as, if you begin to engage with these principles, I believe it will help you to work through and reclaim and redeem the story of work, no matter where you may be in your own work story. And so, you know, you have circumstances, right? You have good circumstances in your job and 
difficult ones and challenging ones. And maybe you would say, I have a good job. Or maybe you say, I have a bad job. Or you might say, I have a good job, but it's really challenging. Like all these things impact us. And so you could say, I have a difficult boss and I have a, a really hard work culture that just kind of drives things in a, in a tough way. Or maybe you would say, in my job, there's just, there's more of a lack of purpose. I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels and I'm not getting anywhere. Maybe you'll say your job is really demanding, that they're asking way too much of you. Or maybe you could just say, my job is toxic. Like it is not healthy. It's dragging me down. This is not a good situation. And so there are all kinds of circumstances. But then you have circumstances outside of your work that can impact you as well. If you're a parent and you have kids, especially this last year, you know, that complicates work. And, and as kids have needs, you know, it impacts what you can do. And so those are you know, factors. You may have debt. Maybe you graduated college with a lot of debt, with student loans and credit card debt. And the pressure... What you have to keep up with impacts what you can and can't do in work. Maybe you have a huge mortgage or you have a huge mortgage and all the other debt combined. That impacts what you can do and what you cannot do. And then there's all kinds of other things like physical problems. and like there's, there's things that impact our work coming from our life and coming from the job that you have. And whenever you walk into these circumstances, whether it's one of them or two or three, four or five all together happening at once, your focus then becomes about the circumstance. Whatever that is, whatever they are, that's all you can think about. And you're focused on how to change that, how to make it better. It's all you think about. You complain or you just endure, you're just trying to survive each and every day, or if there's a lot of them, you just question, you question God, you're asking why. You're pulling back from life, you feel overwhelmed, and so you, you, you actually pull away from the good things, you pull away from people, and you become more inward. All these things begin to happen, and then ultimately you just begin to seek an alternative. You're trying to change the circumstance and find something better. Maybe you're frustrated because you thought you did, and now you're here again. And whenever this is happening, the circumstances run your life. It's essentially, they're, they're calling the shots because it's all you think about, and you're, re, you're constantly reacting to them. The circumstances are running your life. And you're wondering, you know, you want to know, how, how does my circumstance, whatever that is for you, how does it get better? That's what you want to know. But that's actually not the question. The question, is, it's actually not a question about your circumstance. But that's all your focus is around. The question is really about control. It's about control and the purpose for your life. So I'm going to ask this question up front for you today. This is really the big main point, but it's this. What purpose does your job serve? To what end, to what goal does your job serve? Who or what is it serving? Here's the thing. Whatever that is, whoever that is, 
it, it puts you on a path towards three things. Number one is, it, it, first, it determines how good or bad your circumstance is. Whatever you're serving, whatever purpose that is, whatever your circumstance comes to be, what, you know, that determines then if this is good or this is bad. It determines how good or bad your circumstance is. And then it also, secondly, determines the response that you have. If it's good, you're going to respond a different way. If it's bad, you're going to respond another way. And the challenge or the bad circumstance can, can, can be turned into a good. And so if you know that, your response will be different. And then, thirdly, it determines your emotional and your physical outcome. Especially your emotions. But it can affect your physical life as well. But things like joy or hope, peace, whether you're feeling anxiety. All those outcomes, we always focus on the circumstance, but it ultimately being driven from your purpose. So what purpose does your job serve? Well, we're going to look at this. We're going to answer this. And so just quickly, just kind of showing it all together, your purpose determines your view of your circumstance, your response, and the outcome. And to help us understand this, we're going to look at a story of work and from the story of King Solomon, his story of work. Now, if you know about King Solomon, he's one of the wisest people that has ever lived. And he's kind of like if we took a bunch of modern-day people, kind of like just people that are in our, in our world right now that we hear all the time. Like It's kind of like LeBron James and Warren Buffett. And, and yes, even the Kardashians and like Obama has a great leader, right? Or Gandhi uh, or Nelson Mandela or Mother Teresa. Kind of like all these people combined. And you have your own list that you wish I would have put people in there. But you know, it's like his wisdom is incredible. And he achieved great things. He's found in the Old Testament scriptures. He wrote the book of Proverbs. And whether you even believe in God or not, if you read a, one of his Proverbs a day each month, you would gain a ton of wisdom from that. He was able to create peace in nations around him because of his wisdom. He built a great nation. He built great prosperity. All these things because of his wisdom. So listen to what he talks about when it comes to work. And this is found in Ecclesiastes. He wrote Proverbs, but he also wrote Ecclesiastes, an amazing book where he's He's struggling with meaning in life. And he, it's like a big you know, argument with himself, and he's in, in, a, in a great philosophy working through what meaning is. And here he said, this is found in chapter 2, verse 18. He says, I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. He said, who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? It's kind of like... You know, the rich kids of Instagram. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, if, if your last name is Hilton, if the Hilton Hotel chain, there's a really good chance you're going to be very spoiled. We've had an example of that in our world the last several years. Like, but, you know, you the rich kids of Instagram. They just take all this work and wealth that somebody's built up and they, they blow it. So he's, like, he's like, how can I tell if they're going to be wise or foolish? Chances are they'll be foolish based on what we see. Anyway, he says, yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. He says, so I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. 
Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill that must lead the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Wow. So right now you're like, well, thank you, Wayne, for calling me here today to, to understand how I can work better, to talk about finding purpose and meaning. This is an incredible conversation. I thank you for this. I'm now going to go quit my job and curl up in a ball and just veg out for the rest of the month. Thank you for this incredible, encouraging words, right? Like, wow, this is, he, he ends with this all meaningless. What's going on here? We're going to get to where he found meaning. That's coming, all right? So we just kind of understand that is on its way. But he was the focus. Life became meaningless when he was the purpose of his work. His work, his toil, everything he did was for himself. He's like, and it's for me, he's like, I just lose it. So I want to show you this image. This is what happens. This is what Solomon is doing. And we're going to put this up and give you a break from looking at me, which is always good. But in this image here, this is when you are the purpose. You are the goal of your work. And if you look on the left side of the pink portion, you have four sections there in black. You have the goal. What's the purpose of the goal? And then you have the challenge of whatever comes through that. And that can be a good challenge. But then you have your response and then the outcome. So kind of four sections you're working to. And then on the very left side, you see lies that we believe about work. Some of the lies that we believe that work is bad or the enemy. It keeps me from real life. Like when your work is not good, you're like, it's just, it's bad. It's actually keeping me from my real purposes. That's a lie that we can believe. We have to remember that work is made to be good. A lie that we believe is that, you know, the job is responsible to keep you happy. And if you're not happy, then your job is not for you. And that's great when it's happening, when you're happy. When it's not, then you have to leave and your whole world is turned upside down. A lie is that you, when you find what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. You've heard that before? Some of you are really mad at me right now for reading that out loud. <laughs> That's not always true. And if you're not happy, a lie that you believe is it's, it's your job's fault. This is your circumstances running your life. And so when your purpose is you, when you run into the good challenge, when your job is good, well, that's, then things are great. Like for a while, you're like, life is great for now. And you feel good about yourself in that situation. That's one of your responses. But if you are the purpose, then you've got money and things are going well. And then, so you're going to spend money on you, which is not entirely bad. But when it's the focus, that's what you do with your resources. And maybe you even go into debt to get more things because it has to do about you. You live for now because you are the purpose. If you give... You give to make you feel good. And so maybe you give to your church when, when you feel like it, or you know, with your leftover money that you have, then you give that away, or you give to others, and you do it to feel good about yourself, not with kind of any kind of a purpose or mission. And then you wonder, 
How long is this going to last? It's hard to feel at peace or to actually enjoy life when things are going well. And some of you, maybe you came from a struggling background. And you came, your parents struggled with money and they were poor. And so when you engage with money, then you've got to hoard it. And you've got to get as much of money as you can get. Because there's never going to be enough. There are pressures that all of us feel that we're chasing. And so when things are good, it's hard for us to actually enjoy it. And then that brings us to the outcome. And the outcome is kind of where you eventually get to, just like we saw with Solomon, where you're proud. Remember, this is when you are the focus, you're the purpose. You're proud, you're selfish. You'll eventually find there's no purpose. And you'll ha always have a desire for more. When your job is, I mean, that's when things are good. You can see with Solomon, things went really, really good for him. When your job is hard, when you are the purpose, then you complain. You're not happy. You're complaining to others, and you're constantly on the phone with others, talking about how bad this, this person is, and this person, this boss, and all these circumstances. And you're going to search for a new job. You're constantly looking because you cannot find that perfect scenario. And you'll begin to disengage from life. When things get really hard, when you are the focus, then you try to start pushing out things so you can just focus more on yourself. And you'll cut out even good relationships or community. You'll pull back from church. You'll pull back from a dinner group. You'll pull back from being with others. You'll disengage from life. You'll blame God. You'll question and you'll pursue comfort. Everything that you can. You'll begin to compromise. You'll compromise in your dating relationships. You'll compromise with things that you watch. You'll begin to make decisions based on your comfort. Ultimately, the outcome for you will be you'll be miserable. You're angry. You're anxious. You're tired, and you're searching. And in this scenario, when you are the purpose, when you begin to feel these outcomes, your circumstance has to change. That's all you're doing. And then you try and you hope that you can get to something. This shows us the dilemma, the great dilemma of, of kind of what life without God is. And even as Christ followers, many times we... We, we live as if God doesn't exist. This is why Steve Jobs, I, I said this quote a couple months ago, when at the end of his life, he said, it's strange to think that you accumulate all this experience and it just goes away. He says, I really want to believe that something survives. He did not believe in God. He was that maybe your consciousness endures. He's just suddenly feeling the meaninglessness of life when it ends. Even when things go right, that's where we get to. When you are the purpose, however, when God is at center, everything is different. So let's now look at the rest of the Solomon's story of work here. So he continues in verse 24. He says, So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink, which is like, great, that's awesome, that's right, and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. What's fascinating, these are the pleasures that you are trying to get by you being the focus, right? Because I realized they are from God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from Him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, 
and joy to those who please him. See, that's God as the goal, the purpose. Those are the outcomes that you really are longing for, right? Knowledge, wisdom, and joy. Joy means happiness. He says, but if a sinner becomes wealthy, sometimes someone who doesn't follow God, right? God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Solomon, in this instant, shifts the diagram. He changes it. So let's put a new diagram up where the purpose is Christ. Just like Paul was encouraging us. And whatever you do, do it for him. This is when he is the goal. And the challenge is like when you, when Krat is the goal, when your job is good, you can rest in him and you can be thankful for this. And suddenly out of the money that you have, you are grateful for it and you're able to give abundantly to God and to others because you are living for a greater purpose. It's not all about right now. You're able to invest your time and your gifts into community, into others, to loving other people. You use your gifts to serve. Out of the goodness, you're able to impact and love others. It creates purpose for what you do. And yeah, you spend money on yourself too. You're able to relax and enjoy it because it's a good gift from God. You are free. You don't have to be guilty. And so the outcomes of this are thankfulness, joy, purpose, humility, peace, and generosity. These are things that fill you up. Even when your job is hard, it changes your response. Just like Paul said, in all things, you do it for him. It gives you a place to go to. You have someone to go to to lament and say, God, this is hard. I'm struggling with this. And and, in DCC, I have found myself there many times. You were comforted to know that you can go to him. You can go to him and pray. And God's not going to always change your circumstance, but he will allow the circumstance to change you, to change your heart. You pursue purpose in community. Because everything, when everything goes wrong, when you are the purpose, you want to disengage and pull back. And this is the very time when things are hard that you need community to go into. And I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, where I've watched so many of you, when you hit difficult circumstances in your life, you begin to pull away and drop out of things. And this is the very time when you need those things the most. Some of you, when you've lost your job, or your job's gotten hard, or life is overwhelming, a lot like the pandemic, we want to pull back. But those are the times when we need God the most, and we need others. And so when He is your purpose, you pursue this, you pursue community, you pursue purpose in giving. You might say, like, I don't have any purpose in my job, and just spinning my wheels, but you are earning money, and God can use that for incredible purpose, to impact your city. God uses all things. He puts you around people that you're working with, even the difficult ones, to love them. He puts you in a city that you can engage in. 
God can use all circumstances, even when it's hard, for purpose. And when you walk through this, the result is generosity. You experience purpose, endurance, joy, faith, and character. And the result is you change. Sometimes God will change your circumstance as a part of this. But you change. And you experience those outcomes. Listen to how Paul talks about this. Here's what he says. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, our confident hope of salvation. I love that we have such a confidence in who Christ is. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Wow. That's purpose in all things. We want to change who we are working for. We change the purpose. Let the circumstances be impacted. Here's why we struggle with this. We filter everything through our circumstance, right? Our responses. And when we become the pursuit, it it can fill us with short-term gain. We pursue comfort and whatever we can, but that ultimately will bring us to meaninglessness and long-term loss. When we put Christ at the center, it's going to feel like a short-term loss. And that's hard. But you are sowing into long-term gain. And that's beautiful. It means that we're going to lose control. (laughs) And that's what we struggle with. So instead, I want you to look first this week at the outcome. What are the outcomes that you are experiencing in your life right now? So this is what we're going to do this week. We're going to focus on the outcome, and we're going to learn to trust Christ with this. The outcome helps begin to tell you who's the focus, who's the purpose and the goal. So this week then, the goal, begin to change that focus for you. And then that helps you define the challenge and the circumstances. What are the challenges that you face at work? Well, then how can you respond by putting Christ first? You go to Him. You go to others. You invest in community. You see the purpose and the money that you have. Whether you're in great situations or life is challenging, you have purpose in that You have purpose around the people that you live in. God wants to change you, and it will change how you engage your circumstance, and you will find joy. How can you change? Next week, we're going to look at what that looks like, the practical steps of faith that we can take. DCC, this is incredible life-changing stuff if you allow God to do it. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for these incredible, wise words from Solomon. And how he he found and accomplished everything that anybody ever would want. He created peace in all these regions around the nations. He had incredible wealth, all these things. 
And he found when he was the pursuit, it was meaningless. But you bring meaning and purpose to all things in good and through challenges. Because you are the only one who can redeem us and restore us. So I pray today that we would have faith to trust you and experience this in work. I pray that this would be so. We thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.